Kay Baxter is one of the founders of the Koranga Institute and is here in Wellington this week on a speaking tour. Today we have the wonderful opportunity to hear about Kay's life's work and why it is important for all of us. Hi Kay and a big welcome to B-Sides on Access Radio. Kia lovely to be here. Yeah, great. <laughs> lovely day as well, <laughs> yeah. well for the time being. <laughs> Kay, so what does the Koranga Institute do? Our purpose has changed over the years, actually, oh. as we've become less and less naive. <laughs> <laughs> Learned more. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, in the beginning, it was totally about um, saving our heritage food plants. But in the process of learning to save our heritage food plants, we came to understand that Actually, you can't save the heritage food plants in isolation. You need gardeners and you need communities of people who value the gardeners. Right. And um, so we've kind of changed our our purpose quite a lot in that now we're not just about saving the heritage food plants but also trying to, um, through our research and education programs, encourage and inspire and support people to become gardeners again and to, to become part of communities in whatever way to support gardeners and about regenerative living, learning about regenerative living, how we can make a difference. Wow, big purpose. Yeah, it's been a challenge. <laughs> and and I, a funny thing about that, like all things, everything's so interlinked, like you said, nothing's ever in isolation. Yeah, and I think that, that it kind of got, when we got, I had a Winston Churchill scholarship to study seed saving in America about 12 years ago. Wow. And I came back from there, I couldn't write the report for three years because I was so, I came back quite depressed about the whole thing because that's when I realised that actually seed banks are totally useless if if people aren't mm. dependent, if they're not out in the community and people aren't dependent on those seeds as the seeds are dependent on us, then it was a total waste of time. So I didn't really know how I was going to do something about it. And it took, right. It took a few years to like, figure out that we needed to make some shifts and be more inclusive and um, go for a much bigger kaupapa, really. Right. So, yeah, it's about um, seeds are just one of the links. Right. Obviously, there's lots of links. And, yeah. And so th- this has been your life's work, Kay. How, how did the Koranga Institute come around then? Um well, it never—it was never something I planned or ever could have imagined or dreamed. And if I'd seen it coming, I'm sure I would have run a mile. Right. Yeah. yeah um, in the beginning, it was a purely selfish thing. Mm-hmm. It was—I just wanted fruit trees. That, I mean, I'd moved to Kaiwaka in Northland, and we were starting right. again with a garden and orchard. And growing all of our own food was really important for me. I've had like really big health issues from when I was really young, and right. I knew that I needed organic food and I wanted to bring my kids up on organic food I was looking for fruit trees and there were no fruit trees in the garden centres that do well in Northland because they have come from further south where it's colder and they don't suit our heavy clay soils and so I went looking for all the wild fruit trees and it was just kind of happened it was amazing how it happened but of course once I started collecting them I realised their value and that we needed to save them and that all kind of happened and then I started realising wow there's a difference in how they nourish us and then I started you know like the whole thing just kind of opened up because now there's a lot of science to show that they're far more nutritious than you know the, the fruit trees fruit in the supermarkets and and the seed thing really didn't happen until, um, I mean, I didn't know that seeds didn't just come from the supermarket. I had no, I'd never heard of seed this saving. This is amazing, Katie. seeds. It was totally like, totally new for me. Mm. And I think the only thing I had going for me was that 
I'm in my mid-60s and we were at university yeah. during the Vietnam War years and so we questioned things. Right. I didn't just accept stuff, I always questioned things and I knew that my values weren't the same as mainstream values. I cared about the earth and I cared about you know people and I cared about health. I had to care about health for my own life. Right. So I was kind of asking questions and I obviously must have been open to some like things coming in. And the year of Chernobyl, that Russian nuclear right. disaster. Yep. What, I had, what year was that, Kate? I think it was 1986 right. or yep. four. It was about yep. then. It's a while ago now, 26 years ago, I think. Mm. Um, I had four young children and I had friends in Holland who had an organic were organic farming and they'd had to bulldoze the topsoil off their farm in order to stay there because of the nuclear fallout Gosh. from Chernobyl. And it was quite widespread mm. in certain parts of Europe. That whole thing was quite scary and... At that time, I knew that was happening. I went to Mystery Creek, you know, the farmer's field days in Hamilton. Right. Where they go every year to look at all the latest inventions and yes, see, see what's new. And I walked into the um, seed tent, and it's an unbelievable conversation now. I can't imagine how this ever happened. Like, it just was meant to happen. Yeah. And the man in there said to me, did I know that the only seeds we could buy in New Zealand was pokokawi longkeeper onions, and all the rest came from Holland. Oh my gosh! And I just, I just shivered really. A yeah. sort of shiver went up my spine, and I just thought, in this land, yes, in this land of all places on earth, we were totally dependent on our food security for the northern hemisphere, which was under a nuclear cloud, and nobody had a clue. And I, I had never heard of seed saving. I thought seeds came from the supermarket, and you know what? I never thought about it. Yeah. And I just knew I had to do something. And but I was thinking selfishly. I was thinking for me, you know, as if. You know, as if I could have for your own yeah, family, yeah, yeah, self yeah. And, yeah. And then this amazing thing happened. Um, the next week, I'd I had my name down to join the local garden club because I was feeling a bit isolated. We'd just moved to this rural, fairly conservative community in those days, and in those days you had to have been there for like three generations before anyone would really talk to you. And I didn't like that, so I thought, okay, what can I do? Small <laughs> Join the local garden yeah. club, yeah. Right. And I was in my early 30s, and of course the garden clubs, all the older women in there, like mm. 70s and 80s. And the first day I walked in there, which was the next week after I'd been to Mystery Creek, this woman came straight up to me and she said, oh, you're that lady that saves the fruit trees, you might like these bean seeds. Oh, wow. And so it just, everything fell into place. Obviously if we've got seeds, we can save ourselves and our own seeds, they're with the old gardeners. Yes. So I knew where to look then and I just went looking and... It just it was it was an amazing thing how it all happened because um, that generation of gardeners that were in their seventies and eighties thirty years ago were the last generation of gardeners that seriously grew all their family's food and the right. next generation chose to work yes. and have the cars and the automatic washing machines and the fridges yes. and so that older generation had no one to pass their seeds to and so I just stepped into the kind of that world and I got country calendar programs and TV and radio and I was in all the magazines and so all of a sudden oh, wow. it just touched people yeah. and all of a sudden they they felt they had somewhere to send their seeds to that someone who cared so they just flooded in and it's the, so it all started off totally like totally naive totally not realizing what would happen knowing nothing about it other than that I just was trying to look after my own health and my own family and it kind of turned into this <laughs> It, it almost feels like a bit of a, a calling, really, that you didn't well, even I didn't have realize, a choice and it, I know. it just happened. I didn't yeah. realise it at the time at all, but now I know. 
I mean, I feel like I've always felt that I'm doing what I'm here to do. Right. And what an amazing feeling. Quite grounded about it. I feel yeah. really lucky. I feel yeah. really blessed about that. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's not hard work, though, right? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Okay, can we just go back a bit, just for our listeners, what does an heirloom or a heritage seed mean? And, and I'm thrilled to hear you say that you didn't know. So I'm just <laughs> going to assume that, you know, maybe some of our people don't know as well. I think loads of people don't know because yeah. they're not around. Um, they're the seeds of our ancestors. They're right. the seeds that were selected by our ancestors for the next generation and saved for the next generation. And they've gone down through families and communities mm. and and, 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 and within bioregions for gener- tens of thousands of years, as opposed to the seeds in the shops which are now being selected and bred by the industrial um, corporations Big and the guys. industrial world we live in, and their kaupapa is different. Their kaupapa mm. is about making money for the shareholders of the mm. multinationals. So the seeds are being bred to, for production and shelf life and thick skins and um, all sorts of things, which means we lose the nutrition. That's right. I mean, it's great that we're saving these seeds but that are special, but you're saying that this is even a better nutritional value for our health. I kind of rejected science years ago. I thought that, right. you know, I'm the intuitive person, but I, I came to a point where I couldn't find answers and I've been looking at a lot of science lately and now I kind of feel like the two together are pretty good. Yeah. And there's a lot of science now which actually shows us, that there's a new science called epigenetics. Have you heard of that? No. It's amazing, a great sighting field. Um, And the science of epigenetics shows us how our food communicates with our bodies. And essentially, you know, the double helix spiral, which is kind of the DNA and the junk DNA. The DNA is only a tiny part of that double helix spiral, and the rest was called junk DNA by the scientists when they discovered it because they didn't know its function. Right. But they now know that that is the part of our body that communicates with our food. And what happens is... If we want to have good health and our DNA expressing really strongly in this lifetime and those to come, we need strong tags placed on our DNA by the junk DNA. And the junk DNA, those tags are created out of the communication between our with our food and the junk DNA. So this, the more nutrient-dense our food is and the less denatured it is and the less processed it is and the higher the levels of minerals and vitamins and high-quality fats and oils, the stronger the tag, the messages are, the tags are that are placed on our DNA, which determines how we express. So we know that we need incredibly nutrient-dense food. As our We know the levels of minerals and vitamins that we need to maintain our yes. health. And it's very, very difficult, if not impossible, to get that from the food in the shops. It is grown in demineralised soils mm. with industrial seeds, which has a big impact on the nutrition levels. The way it's grown has a big impact. And then it's processed, has another big impact. And da-da-da-da-da-da. And so the message, so the communication between our food and our junk DNA is no longer clear. So the tags that get placed on our DNA are fuzzy and not clear, and so we get sick. And the next generation is sicker. Wow. So it's not that difficult to understand, no. really. And it makes, but who's ever told us that? No. Mm. And it makes absolute sense. But you're, intuitively it makes sense. But now to have the evidence that, that this is key. Okay, I have to take a minute. <laughs> it's not even 12 on Monday. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to take a while to meditate on that one. But no, it makes so much sense. So essentially... The, the Koanga Institute's ma- mandate or, or kaupapa is to really breed 
these great heritage organic seeds that are good for our our, our the best of a human being ongoing really well all we're doing is essentially our ancestors have like co-evolved with them they're totally an inseparable part of their lives and and have been right until the industrial revolution and they've they're the ones that have bred them and selected them and saved them and passed on down and I just see that the Koinga Institute is like ensuring that they survive until till they're valued again because you yes. know, two generations ago, we we decided we stepped out, we stopped gardening, and we, so we're just holding them and keeping them alive and learning to grow with them and live, and we're sharing what we've learned with people so that hopefully, and people are starting to value a lot of the things that we're working with. So we're just trying to keep them alive until they're valued enough that people want them again in it, their lives. Right. No, that makes sense. Are you seeing a growth? You know, just seeing that there's that generation that was skipped or a couple of generations. A couple, I think, yeah. So are you seeing a growth or a need or a demand that's coming through again? Um, this tour has been really exciting for that because what we've seen, every single place we've talked, which is a lot of places mm. now, this is about Talk 16, I think, mm. <laughs> um, everywhere we've been, what we're seeing is 65% of the people in our audiences are... Um, new people that haven't been connected with us before and who haven't known about this stuff before and really, really excited groups who are really being moved and touched. And so it feels like we've reached a time. It's not just the Koinga Institute. It's not just New Zealand. It's all around the world. We've actually reached a time where there are groups of people who've really given their lives to say things till this time. And we're on the edge of not being... We can't cope anymore. We need a lot more support. And the wider community is starting to realise they need it and they want to be involved. So it kind of feels like, it feels right. Like it's mm. just starting to, to re, yeah. reconnect and yeah. Re, yeah. have a new wave. Yeah. Are there more young people interested in this idea now? I think there definitely are, yeah, yeah definitely. Way more young people in, this, in the generation that are in their um, 20s, um, far more than there have been for long, for many generations, I think. That's yeah. a good sign. We need yeah. them. So you've had all these wonderful connection with our elderly or, mm. or our, our last true gardeners and their seeds. What do you think would have happened if there was no one there to collect or, or take the seeds from them? What, what could have some of the scenarios been? Well, I'm sure some of them would have survived because there are people around New Zealand that are like smaller groups and individuals who are saving seeds. Um, but I think a large number of the seeds in our collection now wouldn't have survived. Right. And I mean, if we've only got, we, my guess at the moment is that we've got, and it's like a fairly um, well-researched guess based on United Nations figures, da-da-da, that we've got maybe 1% of the food plants left we had 100 years ago. And life on Earth, the ecologists tell us, is dependent on biodiversity. And if we've got like 1% of our food plants left, we are on a knife edge. Oh my goodness, I'm I'm astounded I hadn't heard that. 1%. So the diversity is just dwindled down to 1%. And um, it's time for us to like decide if that, how how much we care about that. Mm, mm, Critical, Mm. I would say. Mm. Okay. And another lesson is the old don't ever put all your eggs in one basket. So the biodiversity yeah. is critical. It's quite critical. Yeah, it's, it's the biodiversity and the connections, of course. It's not just the biodiversity. But, I mean, we're on a knife edge. Yeah, okay. How many seeds or heritage seeds and trees do you think the Koanga Institute has saved so far? 
Well, I'm sad to say that we haven't saved everything we've been sent because we just simply have not been able to. And sometimes wow. things just happen. So yep. that's felt really yep. sad and really hard. But we do have around 800 um, heritage seeds in our collection. And um, between 60 and 70% of those are New Zealand heritage seeds. I mean, no one else around the world is going to have these seed lines, although mm. they've all come from somewhere else around the world. And yeah. I actually think now we've got um, more heritage seeds that have come from England than they've got left in England. Wow. I actually know that. Yeah. Um, wow. So um, one day they'll probably be called back ra- back around the world, yeah, <laughs> back yeah. home. <laughs> yeah, we've got, um, we've got a lot. We've got hundreds of New Zealand heritage food plants which tell all of our stories. All of our whakapapa is in those seeds. I mean, our, we're the generation that... Um, have to choose to regenerate the earth and our lives and our health, which includes everything, the whole environment. Our, our ecology is being denatured, destroyed, damaged, less diverse every day. And somehow we have to decide as families, as whānau and as communities what's important to us. And if life is important, we have to start like, if you do what you've always done, you get what you've always got. We yes. actually have to get outside the square, get our heads out of the sand and actually make new decisions. And so getting learning about learning about what's really going on and what we can do about it is an amazing journey. And it's very empowering because it gives us steps to... I mean, learning how our food communicates with our bodies is super yeah. empowering because it means we can make choices yes. that are actually quite simple choices and we understand that that's going to support us. And it's like that. In, in all the rest of our lives as well. Mm. We've just kind of grown up in an industrial world that doesn't face that stuff. No, and also with so many new allergies and all these things that are coming through that we've never heard of. Yeah, you know. yeah. and it all comes back to um, malnutrition and yeah. not getting the food that nourishes us. Mm-hmm. Mm. So now the Kuanga Institute, so you were in Kaiwaka, yep. but now you're in Wairoa. yep. And... Um, what What is your daily life like there? Well, I would like to say that it's in the garden. And I do have a large garden, but a lot of um, Bob and I, that's our own garden. Um, but mostly it's in the office, management, right, and yep. because we just have never had enough money to be able to pay for a manager and we barely need to be able to do that. I'm doing a lot of teaching. I'm managing the garden, the garden, all the research projects, all the te- all the, the education programs. I'm just doing like I'm just working hard out, and um, we can't work hard enough to, to keep it going. It's actually not an economic got. thing. I mean, that's the reason no. why we're a registered charitable trust is because it's uneconomic to grow and sell these seeds. Like we are, right. so when we sell it, we're losing money on every packet. Right. But, but we believe that it's totally important to have them out there, so we'd rather sell them than just hold them in a seed bank. Yes. But that has cost us everything. Yes. So now we're, and for us to continue, we need to be able to own the land for a start because right. it's going to be sold and we can't afford to shift really again. It's I'm too old for that now. Yes. We just need to be able to stay there. Um, so that's the reason for your travelling at the moment, Kay, yeah. is that yeah. right? Yep, there's yeah. a whole lot of things Partially. we're doing to basically get the energy together and enough money together to be able to pay for our land so we can stay there and um, owning the land will mean we have to pay a lot less rent as well, yes. which gives us more possibility of being able to pay a manager it makes to sense. actually replace me so I can stay in the garden and in the research teams and in the... Um, teaching teams and focus there. 
Right, mm. yes, that makes absolute sense. So you're needing to raise money for this land purchase, which sounds to me like a, a New Zealand investment. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> it is a New Zealand investment. Are yep. you getting any support from any uh government organisations or, or local council, obviously you must be having a big and positive impact on the Wairua community. Well, once we've, um, the councillors have been supportive, but the next, we have to buy the land first and then right. we have to go to the council and like sort everything with the council. And I'm, I believe they will be supportive. Um, we've really struggled with, gov- I mean, we, we, we went on a seed hikoi 12 years ago to get government support and that was a total waste of time. Wow. Complete and utter waste of time. Um, so we kind of realised that this is a grassroots thing. I mean, I think mm. these kind of changes come from the grassroots. Yes. And so I totally believe that, I mean, it's getting pretty knife edge now because we've only got till June the 6th, which is not much more than a week away, no. to actually buy um, the land or to buy that first mortgage. And um, so we've got a new crowd funder up on our website right. where you can donate, you know, as little as you like or as much as you like. And um, that's only just gone up. So it's like there's movies on it and there's all kinds of information on it. And I'd really encourage people to go there to help us and support us. But also um, um, we've also had people offering to, to support us by, I mean, we've actually got options to buy the two blocks next door and we need right. one of them for the water. And we're just putting out there that if people are interested in investing and buying that block to hold it for us, then we're really open to that and I'd love you to contact us. That's great. Things okay. like that. We've had amazing support and ama- people I, I, are doing all kinds of different things. It makes me feel better knowing that. Yeah, yeah we have. But yeah. you still need to Yeah, we're still not quite there. Yeah, yeah we need... Um, we need $300,000 on that crowdfunder to, to make it easy. Yep. Okay, so is that on the Koanga Institute website? Yep, yep, www.koanga.org. And this, there's two talks each time I talk. I do yes. two talks. One's the seeds, humans, and the process of coevolution. And then we have a questions and a break. And then we have another talk, which is a shorter, easier one because it's got lots of pictures. Yeah. <laughs> it's like how to, how to, how to cook a nutrient-dense diet. So it gives people clues of how to use the information and the science yes. that's all coming in that we talk about in the first talk to apply it in your life in today. Our, in our yeah. daily lives. Yeah. That's yeah. great. No, that makes so much sense, Kay. Well done. Do you have a quote or something that you carry with you, something, some special saying that's been with you all your way that you can share with our listeners today? There's a thing that I've been writing lately, and it's on the... Um, the newsletter that went out this morning right and it's something like the seeds are our connection to the earth the seeds are our connection to the sky the seeds are our connection to our ancestors and the seeds are our connection to the future generations the seeds are us wow that's big impact and I don't think if you go back to that idea that yes we're buying our seeds in the packet in the supermarket that's not illustrating that no. idea to us, is it? Well, we step out of the process of co-evolution yeah. and connection to our environment, and that has a lot of implications, and that's kind of what the talk's all about, yeah. That's great. Mm. Kay Baxter, I do wish you the very best for your wonderful journey, and thanks for all that you've put in, actually, on behalf of New Zealand. Thank mm. you, Kay. Thank you. <laughs>